Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports Women in League Show Season 2, Episode 12. My name is Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, just got Tasha, no Dana, but uh, Tasha, we are excited. Uh, we're, about to, we're, we're about to preview Round 3, but before we move on from Round 2, because it, it was a pretty special day there in Wollongong, um, some crazy conditions, but a lot of high-quality football played. Uh, my, my question is, let, let's jump in here into the into our DM, straight from the listeners. Who is your most impressive winger from round two? Yeah, Dan, I've got to give some love out to the Broncos. Um, their winger on debut, Mosby. Like, I love it when a, when a player on debut scores a try, but especially from a, a player from, from the Broncos because they're full of established champions and so to have to she had to come in and and fill the shoes of Julia Robinson who was out through injury and she's one of their most experienced players but she did a job and she really did it admirably so congratulations um try on debut and um a top job lots of speed strong legs Mosby Let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and the action just continues to improve there in round three as we see the Sydney Roosters coming up against the Newcastle Knights. Tasha, it, it's pretty interesting. You know, I, I guess we will uh, have the opportunity to go back and look at our, you know, some of our preseason predictions. But, you know, if I was to say to you that the Sydney Roosters and the Newcastle Knights would both be heading into this game without a victory, uh, you know, coming into round three, it's pretty surprising, especially for the Sydney Roosters. Yeah, absolutely no way would I have thought that possible. I just thought the Roosters, um, well, I had them up there, Dan. I, I thought that they'd be in the big um, GF. I'm not saying that they won't be, but from here it's a pretty tough call. Um, yeah, outstanding. Probably what we were discussing as being, you know, arguably the two best centres in the game. Um, they've just got everything on paper that we saw in the. But then, you know, things happen. They, they lost their um, captain, you know, in round one. To, to COVID, losing Corbin Baxter is, is an expensive call. But still, even with all those things, I just can't see how the Roosters have, have lost two on the trot. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. And I guess one of the things that I keep coming back to is reminding people that, you know, the NRL, NRLW competition is a tournament, you know. It, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not, you know, 20-odd games like, like the regular NRL season. It is a tournament. And, uh, you know, you, 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 I guess it's a bit of a, a bit of an old saying, but, you know, any, any team can win on any day. And I, I think that's what we're seeing in this competition. You can, you know, lose one or two games, you know, whether things don't go your way on the day, and that can sort of put your put your tournament in jeopardy. So it just goes to show how, how challenging this competition is. But, yeah, Tash, just some quick reflections on uh, the Roosters because it is a little bit challenging. I guess 
you know, as soon as a team starts to lose a couple of football games, uh, I guess the fingers get pointed at the halves. And, you know, Racine McGregor and, and Jocelyn Keller, you know, we'll, Keller, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, their performances shortly. But, you know, I, I think it is important to call out that, you know, they haven't necessarily been able to win the middle. Um, and again, we've certainly got some some players there that will be looking to turn that around. You know, Tasha, as much as you want to say all things are doom and gloom, I just I just can't do it with this Sydney Roosters squad because I know there is some, you know, high-quality players there. Um, well, let, let's start with Hannah Southwell. You know, again, we say it week in, week out, but she has some momentum-changing moments in defense. And, you know, uh, you know, th- this is definitely what we're going to see against Newcastle this week. Yeah, I think the Roosters are really going to come out firing because I think they're equally um, in shock, actually, that, that, that they've, they've lost the first two games. And Hannah Southwell, like she takes on the, the, the kicking duties, the conversions, um, her, her tackling technique we've spoken about before, it is textbook and it, it is incredible. And she can turn a game on its head. So I think she will have an absolute ripper of a game this weekend and, and just hope that everything connects and clicks for the Roosters. Yeah, Tasha, I, I'd even say that the Roosters are the type of football team that we should, you know, if, you know, we'll see how they go in this competition. We'll talk more about it, but I'll be keeping a very close eye on them for the second competition that's going to happen this year. I just feel that the longer this group is together, they are going to learn from their mistakes. They are definitely fixable. And if anyone's sleeping on the roosters, I think they're going to wake up one day and certainly be a powerhouse because they certainly have the players to do that. Yeah, Tash, you know, in terms of areas of improvement, I I guess we will talk about it. Um, You know, just a little bit more dominance out of the halves, um, you know, in and around fifth tackle and just really making sure that they're sort of seeing their edges correctly there was a few times where they had some um you know they had the defense um you know short on one side the ball didn't go there so I, I just feel like these are the things that they're going to pick up you know watching tape and you know just being a little bit more dominant um and Tash you know some of the things we're going to talk to about in, in you know with the Knights as well is you know the ability to kind of build pressure and and be patient um you know one of my reflections is that you know things don't appear to be going your way as a team but you know, just be patient because the games are a little bit longer this year, Tash. So just talk to us a little bit about, I guess, the girls adjusting to the 70 minutes of football because, you know, if you have a couple of errors, it, it's not like the old the, the old system. that These are longer halves. You've got the ability to, to kind of fight your way back. Um, a, a little bit of impatience there is coming through in the Roosters' play. Yeah, definitely. And the, the whole thing is you can see players hang their head when they they make a couple of errors, but you just can't afford to do that. You've got to pick yourself back up and, and a lot of the teams will come around you and, and they'll just say to you, you know, one good thing, just do one good thing to make up to make up for it. It's just not happening for the Roosters. So something is not, whether they're making incorrect um, options, uh, you mentioned that, you know, they should have gone, I, I think it was left when that, they were short on defence um, and they didn't. It's just those, but they will get that, um, you know, by watching the tapes and realising that sort of stuff. Um, Racine McGregor was a late call-up um, to the Roosters. Uh, she's come off a shoulder injury. And remember, you know, all the girls actually didn't really play footy for eight months. So those sort of finer tuned things 
will come, as you said, Dan, as the season progresses. I, I am not panicking when it comes to the Sydney Roosters. I can see their potential. They're fighting their way their way back into contests when things are not particularly going their their way. So, uh, yeah, look, it's it's going to be interesting. And, and Tars, the reality is, is both of these teams are yet to record a victory. One of the teams will. Uh, and, you know, as a Knights supporter, hopefully it's with the Newcastle Knights, but it will be interesting to see. All right, Tash, let's flip it over to my Newcastle Knights. I've got plenty to say. I've got plenty of thoughts. Um, you know, not all negative. Again, we're still very much early in the competition. Uh, there, are, There is a lot of talent there. But, um, yeah, it was always going to be challenging against the Brisbane Broncos. Talk to me about how this team's feeling coming into this week. Um, obviously, they'll be very keen to get their first win. Yeah, the Knights really want to rack up a win. And, look, I think they really deserve a win. They, Their captain, Romy Teitzel, she's just playing outstanding. I love a good captain's knock, and she's just out there leading the team. That The Knights, that they don't give up, and they play really hard and physical footy. I like the fact that, um, you know, they're half in uh, Tallulah Tillett isn't scared to, you know, try something different to just try that chip and regather, maybe, you know, kick on the first. So, yeah, look, I think I'm not saying the Roosters don't deserve to win because I'd never say that, but I think the Knights really deserve to come away with a win this weekend. All right, wind me up, let me go. Uh, look, when it comes to the Newcastle Knights task, one of the things they desperately need to solve is their errors. Um, obviously, it's been challenging conditions, but at the end of the day, it is absolutely killing their football. Um, looking at their starting team, there was only three players that didn't record an error. Uh, that was Caitlin on the wing, Georgia Page and Shante Poco. Um, even looking at the bench, Kira Dib, um, you know, again, only player to not record an error. They're crazy statistics, and they are going to get you beat. Um, I talk about these being longer halves, longer games. That's absolutely correct. You can fight your way back into it. But, you know, the Knights are just compounding error upon error, and they really need to sort of address that this week. Um, All right, let's talk about some of the positives when it comes to the Newcastle Knights, and that is their forwards. Tasha, you you hit the nail on the head. Losing Caitlin Johnson was an unbelievable loss. But, um, you know, Aneta Nuasala was incredible. The Knights won the middle at the start of that clash. They had so many opportunities off the back of their forward pack. And, you know, I guess there would be so much frustration in in terms of watching that tape because realistically they should have been miles ahead of the Brisbane Broncos early in that contest. It then becomes a different football game. Um, I said it last week and I'll say it again when it comes to the Sydney Roosters and this Newcastle Knights uh, team, you know, looking at this game, whoever is leading at, at the half will win this football game. That's what we're seeing. The teams are able to start, uh, start fast be efficient, reduce the errors, and take their opportunities early in the contest. They're, they're the teams that are winning these NRLW clashes. So the team that leads in the first half against the Roosters and the Knights, they'll, they'll win this game. Yeah, but I've got to go back to the point that you made there about the forwards and about the intensity of the defence that the Knights displayed. I thought that was incredible. They are probably the first team I've seen really rattle the Broncos, and the Broncos came up with a couple of errors and they would not have had those errors had it not been for the intensity of the Broncos, sorry, the Knights' defence. Yeah, and I just think that the Knights are sort of building a little bit of a reputation as being a really physical football team and, you know, that that's really exciting and, and, and a little bit predictable when you look at, 
you know, some of their outside backs, Tash, you know, you've got, uh, you spoke about Tillette and, uh, and Autumn Rain, Stevens Daly, you know, they're in the halves. These are, these are bigger players. They're physical. They don't mind sort of running the ball, being physical in defense. And, you know, you spoke a little bit about Jamie Frazard on, uh, on our, on our other episode, but, you know, she has been very dominant in defense, uh, this, you know, over the past couple of rounds and, you know, open things up in attack as well. Dan, Autumn Rain Stevens. I could not believe she's she's the number six and close to the line, she brought down Chelsea Lenarduzzi by herself with her own strength and it was kind of in, a, in an awkward position. So she's a little powerhouse. Yeah, she's definitely a play that's worth investing in because you think about, you know, the quality of her play at the moment yeah, at such a young age. Where is she going to be in three, four, five years' time? It's... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be exciting to watch. All right, Tash, I, I can handle it. Um, I'm ready for your prediction here. The Sydney Roosters coming up against the mighty Newcastle Knights. Where are you going here when it comes to your prediction? Who will take their first victory in the NRLW competition? I can't see the Roosters with their roster losing three in a row right from the start. So I'm going to go with a bit of faith that they they um, lift themselves, they start making those right decisions, things start to gel. And um, as much as I'd love the Knights to, to rack up a win because I think they really deserve it, um, I'm going to pick the Roosters. Yeah, look, you know, you're obviously going to hear me support my mighty Newcastle Knights. I've got them winning this one. Again, it's going to be very, very close. Uh, really hoping that they can be in the lead, um, start fast, you know, take take a lead in the halftime and finish it off. But, uh, you know, a couple of players do concern me in the Sydney Roosters. I think they're fullback Bridie Parker. I think she's in for a really big game. Her ability to kind of connect in with the halves, it looks a little bit clunky at the moment, but... You know, I think these things can be fixed at training, and I think that's something the Knights need to be really, really careful of. And uh, these centres, these superstar centres of the Sydney Roosters, they are getting more and more frustrated as each week goes on, so they're ready to explode in this competition as well. So Newcastle Knights, they'll be ready. They'll get the job done, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. All right, well, let's turn things over, Tash. Just as, I guess, surprising is, uh, you know, the Sydney Roosters and Knights, obviously they've had a bit of a challenging start, has been the incredible start to uh, another club in the competition, and that is the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They joined the Brisbane Broncos at the top of the table. Both of these clubs are undefeated. Talk to us a little bit about the Dragons because, again, this was unexpected. Oh, Dan. Your mate Jamie Soward, I reckon he's got a grin from ear to ear. Uh, the, the Dragons came off a terrible trot. They were winless last season. And here they are, undefeated, coming into round three. They sit at the top of the table at the moment with the Brisbane Broncos. And lo and behold, that's who they're playing this weekend is the Brisbane Broncos. So it's a top-of-the-table matchup. Um Boy, it's um, it's a big thing to ever tip against the Broncos because, you know, even in, in terrible conditions, um, they still produce the goods. The, the strike power that they've got in their back line, uh, we've seen people on debut come in to, to both wings. Um, you know, um, Mosby scored on one side in round two. Um, Emma scored... Uh, two tries in round one just from finishing the magnificent play that is the Broncos. And don't even start me on the forwards. Yeah, the, the Broncos are an absolute powerhouse. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them because I, 
I, I did see a couple of things watching their game, which goes to show that they are beatable. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to give you too many opportunities, that's for sure, and you're going to have to take them. And, you know, I, I guess, Tash, when you when you look at the Dragons and you think about, wow, where did they come from? You know, clearly, you know, this is this is something that is pretty special in terms of what they're building. I guess it's no surprise, though, because sometimes we overcomplicate this thing of rugby league. You know, when you look at their list, um, when you look at their outside backs, when you look at their halves, when you look at their hooker, when you look at their forwards and the impact they're getting off the bench, all of their players are playing well. And, you know, it's this is what's leading to success. Um, but Tasha Bowles, to pick out a couple of players who are obviously leading the way, um, Emma Tonegato at fullback. Um, I mean, she is worth the price of admission just watching her individually. Tash, she does not like to be tackled. She's beating that first offender every time. She's an absolute handful. And you can just see that she, I guess, she, she builds so much confidence in and, you know, with the players in and around her. When they see Emma next to them, you know, they, they, they're filled with confidence. They, they know something's on. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's an absolute weapon in attack. And, uh, yeah, she's organising the defence as well. Yeah, she is leading the way. Her and Varni um, Politi um, as as um, the opposition fullback from round one. It was just a spectacle to see, you know, the number ones go up against each other. They both come from um, rugby where it's been 100% full-time athleticism. They can afford to work on their recovery, to work on their strength and speed, you know, 100% of the time. They don't have to hold down a job. And so that hopefully is where um, the NRLW is going. And, um, you know, Tonegado is is for the Dragons, showing them what, you know, what can full-time um, training produce and she's got a great step both feet um absolutely dangerous when she gets the ball even in round two very very wet conditions you could see her trying to step she's still sure-footed but um you know very loose and wet ground that they played on yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how the brisbane broncos try and you know reduce her impact because you know we all know that she's an out and out superstar and she can win the game uh, on her own so going to be really interesting to see how the broncos try and manage that Tash, this is, you know, really impressive in terms of the momentum that this squad is building. No Kezi Apps last start, no Jamie Chapman, no Taylor Holmes. I mean, no one was giving them a chance. They go out, they get the upset in horrific conditions. If they go on and beat the Brisbane Broncos, I mean, this this tournament, it's all about building confidence. I mean, uh, it, it's pretty special. But, you know, let's give another couple of players a big rap. Um, I guess where else should we go but the halfback in Rachel Pearson? Tash, you know, she makes the game look easy. And I guess that's the biggest compliment that I can give her. She looks effortless in her play. She never looks tired. She never looks rushed. She's got plenty of, I guess, time um, to, you know, finish the sets, organize her players, um, a special player. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. I think we spoke about her in round one. She made the um, NRLW Team of the Week um, as as the best halfback from round one, and she did that on debut. And then she showed up for round two, and she's just got such a good footy head. She's um, actually, Dan, she scored every point. She broke a record because... She is responsible for every single point that the Dragons scored in a winning team, and that's never never been done in the NRLW history. She's 
Me. You guys are going to be sick of hearing me talk about state of origin football soon, but you know, when you know, you, you just you know a rep player when you see them, and uh, yeah, the level in which Rachel's playing at the moment, you know, it's going to be a big test uh, again. You know, the Brisbane Broncos are going to challenge the Dragons' best players. They're going to try and reduce their impact. They know that Rachel uh, and Emma, uh, you know, have huge impacts there in the spine. But um, yeah, interesting to see how they play. Tash, the next thing I wanted to quickly talk about when it comes to the Dragons, you, you were the first one to kind of talk about this. You were screaming from the rooftop, the Dragons have Quincy Dodd and they have Keely Davis, who who jumped in there as captain with Kezi Apps out. You know, you were talking about how, how big of a combination this could be and how big of an impact this could have on the competition. You know, again, you, you've been right here. This is an unbelievable duo here that Dragons have. Yeah, and it's that 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 one-two punch that we all predicted um, would come with Quincy coming off the bench. But, you know, with the players out due to injury for round two, Quincy stepped up. She she went on to starting. Keely Davis showed her incredible strength and versatility and um, played the whole game at, at, in the number 13. Um, another thing that came, uh, another debut uh, was Renee Target. Now, I, I watched her play at the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership for North Sydney. She's such a versatile player, and you saw that. She's big, she's strong, and um, she played in a couple of different positions. So, wow, yeah, the Dragons are really bringing it together. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, one of their challenges coming up against the Brisbane Broncos, who we'll talk about shortly, is they're not just a flashy team you know they they're not just a they're not just a pretty team that likes to score a lot of points they are winning football games through their defense through their physicality through their forward pack um and you know they're going to need every every bit of that as they come up against the broncos um tash let's just talk quickly about their forward pack and how impressive they are obviously kezi Yats, we know how impressive she is missed last week but elsie albert um, you know, again, we spoke about this on our previous episode. For our listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to it, go back and have a listen to our special with Meg Ward. Uh, incredible story there. But, you know, we, I, I guess we need to take a step back, Tash, and have a bit of a think about the impact that Elsie's having, you know, not just on this competition, but on the international game. You know, PNG, rugby league is their national sport. They absolutely idolize her. And, Tash, I guess one of the things you would say is as much as, you know, the whole of PNG idolizes Elsie Albert, so are all St. George Illawarra fans at the moment. And even even the other fans, the spectators, um, what Elsie Albert represents, you know, to, to come from pretty, you know, a, a tough environment, um, she captains her country in, in PNG Orchids. She's absolutely amazing. She was over here, made such an impression in the NRLW, then went um, back home to PNG, then COVID hit, had trouble coming back over, and to find out now that she's got, you know, a two-year visa, which means that she's she's with us here and, and she can... She was so excited to think that she can actually work and study. Um, she's a great ambassador for the game, and no wonder she's a, a cult hero in PNG. Yeah, she she's an absolutely special player and a big part of the reason for the Dragons' uh, incredible start to the season. Tash, you know, as much as the Dragons' uh, you know start to the season was you know a little bit unpredictable, what was predictable is the Brisbane Broncos. This dynasty it continues to roll. Uh, an incredible start to the season. But what, one of the things I would say is they didn't have it all of all their own way at the start of the Newcastle Knights game. Uh, you know, physically, you know, the Knights really came to play. They, they sort of shocked them. And, 
you know, Tash, you know, they were a little bit clunky. They had a couple of errors. So I, I guess, you know, you know, they, they ended up winning that game 28 points to 10, but they, they had a lot of things to kind of work on during the week. So talk to us a little bit about that. You don't want to use the word complacency, but, you know, I guess everyone is expecting this team to be there on grand final day, but, you know, they need to remain focused and continue to put in performances throughout the entire 70 minutes, especially against the high-quality team in the Dragons. Yeah, Dan, look, you know that we saw a chink in the armour. And I know every team's watching the tapes um, of, of what caused that. And, you know, it's flat-out tough defence, flat-out in it, up in your face. We've been saying for years, you know, don't allow Ali Brigginshaw to play in a, in a, you know, in a formal dress or a dinner suit because she can't, you cannot give that master of our great game so much time. And the Knights... Uh, Casey Bromelow, to his credit, he had those girls up and in their face and lo and behold, there was a chink that we saw um, in the Broncos because you saw a few errors and it wasn't just because of the wet conditions, it was because of the intensity of the Knights' defence. Yeah, absolutely. I I think what's going to be really interesting to see is, you know, whether the Dragons can play this game without, you know, almost perfect, you know, without turning the football over, building pressure and playing a really patient, disciplined game because, you know, that's where the Broncos got a little bit uncomfortable because you can see a little bit of impatience. When that pressure is is, is, is building, you know, they know how good they are. They know the playmakers they have. They get frustrated. They want to score points. They want to score off nearly every set. So I think that that's something to watch uh, there. But Tash, as, as much as they struggled a little bit, they, they started the game a little bit slow. They quickly whipped themselves into gear and, you know, it's no surprise this is going to be one of the most historic front row battles that we have seen in many, many years. We just spoke about Elsie Albert and how the Dragons have been winning through the middle. The Brisbane Broncos, I mean, this is this is world class. This is the best we have ever seen. The form that Millie Boyle is in at the moment, uh, have you seen anything like it? No. Millie is breaking records left, right and centre. You know, in round one, um, she broke the record for uh, most meters gained by a forward um in a game she she the most runs made um and then she was named in the round one um team of the week and uh wouldn't surprise me if she's in the round two team of the week um she copped a little knock in the chin uh there was a fair bit of blood but just nothing slows her down and she's just playing it is her time i mean i know she's been outstanding in the last few couple of years but wow Millie Boyle has really found her found her time and it's right now and if uh you know and just to make things a little bit more challenging uh Tashi add her combination with Lauren Brown there at dummy half in that hooker position Tash this is a player who was great and is getting better game upon game you know, again, all of the things we spoke about with Rachel Pearson, uh, Pearson earlier in the episode, it's very much the case for Lauren Brown. It just feels like the game is slowing down around her. Her kicking game is becoming a huge factor for the Brisbane Broncos. Those 30-40s that she's kicking, you know, getting the ball back for her team, the work that she's doing defensively and in attack, she really does appear to be the glue at the moment for this Brisbane Broncos team. Yeah, and she's giving great service as well. And I'm a stickler for that because, you know, if if you've got a dummy half and Lauren Brown is one of those that can give you great service, it just gives your strike players 
you know, that little bit of extra time. And that makes all the difference between the defence coming up really quickly at you and or, you know, having to make those rash decisions. Um, She's pulling off a phenomenal amount of defensive work as well. So, yeah, it it is pretty scary to think you've got Lauren Brown, who is linking up on the right-hand side with um, out to to Millie Boyle so very, very well. And then, lo and behold, you've got... um, the offload queen in Chelsea, Lena Doozy, um, you know, it's danger, danger everywhere you look. Exactly. This is going to be the game of the year and, and who knows, this could go down uh, as one to remember for many, many years. You know, you look at the stars on the, on the, on the football field, it's going to be something pretty special. All right, Tash, uh, both of these teams are undefeated, which means that one team is going to have their, have their record broken. Uh, who do you see winning this, uh, this almighty clash? Dan, it kills me to say, but I have in the past tipped against the Broncos and I have consistently been wrong. Uh, my heart says Dragons. I'd, I'd love the Dragons to come up with the win because I really think they're producing the goods. Um, but, geez, it, it just doesn't look like, you know, we're going to have that dry turret. Going to be a battle of the forwards. You've got Elsie. Oh, look! I could be changing my mind now, but no, I'm, I'm going to say Broncos. It, it, it's difficult because I, I'm there with you in terms of trying to and uh, trying to unpack this one. Look for me. I'm going to be brave. I've been burnt before. I said I'm, I'm no longer going to tip against the Brisbane Broncos, but here I go, falling into my own trap. Uh, I'm going to tip a massive upset here. I'm going to go with the Dragons. The key to their success, and it sounds as simple as this, they've just got to reduce their errors. If they can really turn this into a uh, into a true battle, building building that pressure through the kicking game of Rachel, um, I think the Dragons can really apply that pressure and sneak home a victory by, by two points. There's my prediction. Yeah, Dan, brave prediction. My concern that I forgot to mention about uh, the Dragons, even though it was in appalling conditions um, at Wynn Stadium, the Parramatta Eels came up with a number of consecutive costly, well, they should have been more costly um, errors, and the Dragons failed to capitalise on that. So you just cannot afford to do that against the Broncos, and I hope that that's something that um, the maestro Jamie Soward works on. Yeah, definitely. Their, their left edge really needs to improve. I think Fui Miano has uh, you know shown a little bit of a little bit of promise this season, but uh, yeah, really need to uh, you know get that side firing. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Tash, in Rapid Fire, we're going to finish off with our remaining game from Round 3 in the NRLW competition, and that is the Parramatta Eels coming up against the Gold Coast Titans. And... I guess it's a little bit interesting this 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 round in that you've got you know all the teams coming up against each other with the identical record. So Roosters Knights that no no team has won a game this year. You've got the undefeated Dragons coming up against the Broncos, and then you've got the Gold Coast Titans coming up against the Parramatta Eels, who both have a one and one record. Tash, that probably you know best suits both of these clubs at the moment. They've had some really impressive moments. They've had some uh, you know some some less impressive moments. Let's start with Parramatta Reels, um, you know, quickly. It was torrential conditions, but, you know, they'll be, they'll be very disappointed uh, in, in terms of not, getting, not being able to uh, get the win there. 
Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, Dean was probably, he's still got a good head of hair. So, yeah, I think he was still, um, he would have been pulling pulling his hair out. Just um, the amount of errors. Um, like after round one, everybody's going, whoa, you know, look at the eels. I, I had them as, uh, you know, grand final uh, con- contenders. And, you know, I still do. But um that game in round two at Wynn Stadium, torrential rain, um, nothing nothing went right for them. So, look, hopefully they get it together um, this week uh, against the Titans. Um, but, geez, there's a, there's a bit to work on there. Yeah, look, you'll, and you'll never see Tiana uh, Penatani, you know, have four errors, I, I guess, in the rest of her entire career. So I think it was just a, a tough day at the office for the Parramatta Eels. And, you know, when you think about all of the things that they do well, they just weren't able to demonstrate that in round two. So they'll go back, they'll read the tape, and I think they'll make those adjustments. You know, not being able to get Bo Vede Welsh into the game, you know, that's always going to challenge Parramatta. Um, you know, we just spoke about, um, you know, Penetani obviously trying to improve things from that centre position. Um, you know, Tash, but let's talk about some of the positives. Um, you know, that, that young 5'8", uh, Serena Natokotoka, she, you know, continues to impress, continues to improve. You can see that she's still trying to find her way in the system, but she has all the skills. She has the agility. You can see she has a very good football IQ. She's waiting for the defense to make a mistake. Again, we keep talking about it, but if we could see some better conditions, some dry, a dry track, you could see the best out of Serena. Yeah, Sede's got uh, a big future ahead of her, that's for sure. Um, she played, you know, she showed some real... Um, brilliance in round one, but then, you know, came up with with three unnecessary errors. And I think that that affects, you know, these young players when they first enter the um, NRLW. Um, But then, you know, uh, in round two, um, under these tough conditions, she she showed, yeah, some really smart um, football. It was just difficult that, you know, she couldn't really show everything that she's got because it was you know, in those conditions. Tasha, it's not going to be easy. I, I think, you know, one of the things that was most surprising to us was, you know, the Gold Coast Titans, you know, their first half in, in round one, you know, a little bit of a slow start trying to build combinations. But again, there was no panic stations from us because we looked at this roster, we looked at the superstars in this team, and we knew that they'd be able to sort of, you know, I guess get it together. You know, let, let's let's talk through some of the high performers and some of the players who will star in this game Avania Palete at fullback. Again, you spoke about it last week. We are blessed with some of the best fullbacks in the game, but you know she just looks to be operating at a slightly different level at the moment. She looks very, very special. And again, you know, I, I still feel like we haven't seen the absolute best out of her. Um, you know, this could be the game where we really see her explode from fullback. Yeah. Vani is an exceptional player. Uh, when she played last season, um, which was her her NRLW debut, she she played for the Warriors. Um, she scored some tries. She was outstanding. She showed pace. Now uh, with the Titans, they've got her in the number one jumper and she's showing some real footy nows. She's um, able to pop up in support like like a good fullback should and she's doing that and I tell you what ball in hand you know every defensive player is worrying because like I said she's got a great step she's got a great fend and my word she's got some pace Natasha you know we could I guess talk for the next hour on the skipper out there at hooker Brittany Braley uh Nady she was 
incredible. She literally did everything well in attack, in defense. She led from the front. She was not going to be denied. And I think this just, I guess this excites Titans fans because now they know if they didn't know before, they have an absolute superstar in their mix. So again, I could talk for an hour about Brittany and her incredible performance, but um, touch a couple of plays that I just want to sneak in here because, you know, you think about putting an NRLW uh, team together and, you know, this is why we were so excited about the Gold Coast Titans. Is usually new franchises, they might struggle a little bit. But, Tash, a football team is always going to be successful when you have Tasman Gray and Destiny Brill in your football team. They were very, very impressive last start. And, again, they're just building momentum. They're only getting started. It's going to be really impressive to see where they can get to as this competition progresses. Yeah, Dan, Destiny Brill, as a 19-year-old, she burst onto the scene um, in the state of origin, scoring um, the winning try, well, the only try. Um, Yeah, she's still finding her feet a bit and she will continue to improve um, each week. Um, But Tasman Gray, she is a wrecking ball. She really, really makes the defence really work Um, and she's also really good at those one-on-one strips. So when you go in and you see that she's about to tackle you, your ball security just has to be doubly good. Yeah, if there was a World 13 to be uh, selected right now, she would be one of the first players picked Tasman Gray. Outstanding player. All right, Taj, we've spoken about some of the superstars there for the Titans. We've spoken about, you know, the Parramatta team trying to improve. Obviously, they're led by one of the best halves in the game in Maddie Studden. Um, yeah, where are you going with this one? Again, we're starting to get a little bit, you know, the, the, the season's moving quite quickly. Everyone is very, very desperate for these two points. Who wins this one? I'm going to go with the Parramatta Eels. I think Maddie Studden is going to have another blinder, and I think her her kicking game will give them, you know, much better uh, field position, a lot more possession. Uh, Dean Witters will make sure that those errors are out of their their game and their completion rates are far greater this round. I just can't see, um, you know, the Eels going down to the Titans this weekend. Well, I think we've had a bit of a split panel uh, this entire episode, so I'm going to continue with that theme, and I'm going to go with the Gold Coast Titans. Really impressed with uh, with their performance there, and again, I feel like they're only just scratching the surface. So I think the Titans, but I think it's going to be very, very close. Only four points uh, is my prediction going to separate these two teams. All right, guys, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank you, Tasha, always bringing the heat as we talk all things Rugby League, and to our listeners, uh, again, the NRLW season, it is just heating up. Teams are desperate for these two points. Uh, it doesn't matter which team you support. Uh, yeah, Tune on the television to watch these games. Outstanding football is being played. Uh, to our listeners, thank you for continuing to download the podcast. We love your support, sharing this with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.